2: Hey there everyone, welcome to Fightful Pro Wrestling. This is your Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor Post Show. It is myself, Denise Salcedo, and I am joined by my bestie Will Washington of Graps City. What's up, Will?
3: What's up, Denise? Can I tell you, I friggin' love pro wrestling. And this is one of those nights I could say that again because god damn it, I love pro wrestling.
2: You know, this was a definitely a fun night and it ended with a good, and I, I know we're jumping the gun here really quickly, but it ended when you said, I freaking love pro wrestling. I thought you were going to say, motherfucker, I love pro wrestling. I thought about uh, that for Jack a second and I was
3: like, should I be swearing this early in the, uh, in the stream? Hey, but you're
2: not swearing. You're quoting. You're quoting true. a quote that was said on the show.
3: That is very, very true. How are you doing, Denise?
2: I'm doing great. Honestly, like today's pay-per-view was, it felt so short, man. I couldn't believe it. I Once know. we got to the main event, just like minutes before, when I, I it, you know, it didn't dawn on me right away. I see them coming out and I'm like, oh my God, it's time for the main event. Let's do this. It really just went by uh, really fast, I think. Uh, but before we go ahead and, you know, start talking about everything that happened on today's show, uh, just some quick notes, guys. You all know how it works down here. Uh, please. Please help and support uh, Fightful in general. Help, support Will and myself here today. Uh, Send in any super chats or humper chats, whatever you guys prefer. If you want to get your question, comment, or statement read on this show, Uh, it's a good way to get your thoughts in here, feel like you're part of the show, and also help us out. It really does tremendously. So once again, feel free to send in any super chats or humper chats, and we are going to go ahead and run down uh, this show here today. So let's go ahead and kick things off. I, I need to start off by saying this before we get into the zero hour. So Will do not be mad at me, but I didn't get to watch and wait till you hear what I have to say. Okay, so okay. I didn't get to watch zero hour and I was so upset because I started watching it and I was like, all right, here we go. I'm good, I'm in my seat, this and that. But then I was couldn't get a bigger screen and I was trying to get BR live all over to cast on my computer. I spent at least half hour trying to get BR Live to work on my TV and just there was so much of the issues with the casting and this and that, that it was a nightmare. Before I knew it, I had done some sort of voodoo. I don't even know what I did, said a bunch of prayers, and next thing you know, I well, I ended up mirroring it. That's how it ended up happening. I ended up having to mirror, oh, yes, from awesome. my laptop onto my TV. I had to mirror uh, the show. It ended up working out, but unfortunately I did get to miss a lot of the zero hour. So I'm gonna have to throw you the floor here, give you the floor, Will. Please let us know. There was a lot that happened on the show. What went down for the zero hour? Kind of give us a rundown.
3: Yeah. Uh, And I I will say that my Bleacher Report experience was mostly okay because I was able to get it going. Here's the thing. I watch a lot of like old pay-per-views that I have in my Bleacher Report app. So I pretty much have it down to a science of knowing how finicky this app is. And it's like, when it's spinning this way, that's when you can cast. Uh, but if it's going the other way, then you can't. The only time it died on me was during the main event of all times for
2: the pay per views no, to die on me.
3: And it took me maybe like, so I missed like two minutes of the main event. And luckily it was a long enough main event tour that did make a difference, but I had that issue um, but for the most part, it streamed pretty clean from the beginning of the, uh, the, what is it called? Zero hour. Zero hour. Right, zero I, hour. I'm not sure. I'm like kickoff show. Nope. nope. Zero hour. That's right. The pre-show. That's all this is. Uh, but yeah, so I did get to see the pre-show as it went uh but i'm still going to pull up the results just because uh i want to make sure that i am speaking and speaking on things correctly first match was colt cabana versus anthony henry who was accompanied by jd drake uh colt cabana one love hearing his solo theme again it almost disappointed me when he joined the dark order and all of a sudden i didn't get boom boom hitting every time and so to see him back in like full-on colt cabana form uh, which we did get to see a little bit of at uh, Super Card of Honor, but seeing it here again. And he just reminded us in a really fun match. Uh, it went about 10 minutes uh, that he still got it. He's still fun. He's still Colt Cabana. Uh, and there were a couple of times in there that I actually bought for a second there that JD Drake's uh, interference would assist. Anthony Henry and getting the victory. But at the end of it, I'm like, why did I buy any of that? Of course, Colt Cabana won. Uh, and he won decisively, cleanly. Colt Cabana remains a Ring of Honor staple. And uh, it was a fun match, though. It was fun. It was a fun way to get the crowd going. It was a fun way to get them started. And uh, first thing we got to see was like what the Ring of Honor stage was going to be. And presentationally, we got to see the new graphics. But the stage was the... Uh, the older stage that we're used to but the camera angle was shot more like an aew show and you could see at ringside it was mostly like aew crew aew security it was aew refs um this was an aew production as a matter of fact i mentioned to you i texted you right before this simultaneously right now some people are currently watching the uh the post show scrum Uh, with Tony Khan and that's
2: right and we're not there so this is the first I don't know who is there to be honest I I don't know who went down to the show I don't know (laughs) I
3: I know um Nick Hausman. oh Nick
2: Hausman. yeah Nick Hausman's everywhere man he's he's everywhere he's He's got it covered
3: I saw Jay Shell is there as well uh but that's the thing is like I realized this is the first time you or I have not been at one of those this year and instead we're doing a podcast but it was
2: nice though it's nice though it's (laughs) nice to be at home it's nice to just pop in and be like hey it's time to chat some wrestling that's one of the things that i personally do miss is immediately following the pay-per-views is like i don't get to tell people my immediate thoughts you know it it, it doesn't happen until the following day for me so i do kind of like having the experience to come on here and be like hey this is what went down on the show and all of
3: that yeah but instead we're just like not there it feels weird though if because i haven't watched the pay-per-view at home in so long that's uh, why
2: I didn't know what the hell was going like. Everybody would always talk like smack on BR Live, right? And I'm thinking like, okay, fine. They're having issues. And then today that's when I had a taste of, you know, my own little medicine with the BR Live where it just wasn't working out for me. And I was like, I get it now. I get why all the people were complaining. I haven't watched on BR Live in years because I'm always yeah, at the shows.
3: It's, it's been a while. Same. I haven't had to do this in a long time. Uh, and so it was just a little bit different. But fun nonetheless uh i don't know i'm i'm interested i i will watch the the post-show scrum and i've also got like people's notes coming up here so in case anything happens i'm glad you're here watching by the way I just want to let you know <laughs> that i'm glad you chose us unless you got like a split screen thing going that's going to be kind of weird because it's just people talking i was gonna say but...
2: it, you're totally promoting you know AEW's media scrum and people are gonna <laughs> yeah. be like oh that's happening peace denise and will
3: no, I, no i'm glad you stuck <laughs> with us and look if anything major comes out of that and i see it pop up in my twitter feed i will let you know immediately so that you don't have to leave us stick with us it's will and denise uh, All right. In, Anything else
2: you to want to add on. about the pre-show?
3: Um, I mean, just that. So, so there was that match. Um, And we saw a couple of others. We saw uh, the newly formed team of uh, the Trust, uh, Trust Busters, uh, which is Ari Divari and Slim J take on the Shinobi Shadow Squad. Um, and uh, that was mostly, it was a fairly short affair. And it was really just to get the, the Shadow Busters established. It was interesting because we saw that promo for Ari Divari on, um, Rampage last night and then uh Yeah like here. So And he was supposed
2: to be like what I think it was like coming soon or something, very yeah. soon, I guess. Or was it well, coming next week? It was something along those lines.
3: Right. But then it's like, oh, but he's also on this uh Zero hour. I'm not. I want to say pre-show. I want to say buy-in. I want to say all the terms. Uh, so I'm probably just gonna interchange them here. The most interesting thing to come out of zero hour here was that we cut backstage to a segment that has Lexi Nair interviewing Prince Nana. Yeah. Oh my God, Prince Nana. As far as back as the mid 2000s, one of my favorite acts in independent wrestling. Um, and he announces that with all of his riches, if you're not familiar with Prince Nana, this man is basically the uh, Nigerian prince gimmick that ends up in your inbox from time to time. Um, and Prince Nana is is a rich man, and he's so rich, in fact, that he bought Tully Blanchard Enterprises. Uh, and it's no more. Basically, the group is now the embassy. And so we're just like done with TBE, I guess. Uh, and he announces that he's taken over the whole group. He will be accompanying them from here on. TBE is no more. It's the embassy. The embassy, one of the better acts to come along of, from Ring of Honor in the last two decades. So I'm down with this. Uh, this immediately led to the six person tag match that we were going to see, which saw the embassy take on Alexane Blake Christian and Tony Deppin. Um, it was originally totally Blanchard Enterprises. So immediately when it's like, no, this is the embassy, I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll see here. Um, and oddly enough, much like Team Taz, I actually believe that uh, Prince Nana is a better fit for this group than Tully Blanchard could have ever been. Fully believe that. That and I said, think people
2: had like that reaction too. Like when he came out, it felt like a you know it felt like a pretty big deal for those that you know had been following Ring of Honor and all mm-hmm. of that.
3: Yeah, it felt more true to yeah. classic Ring of Honor, and so that was really cool. That said, once again, much like Team Taz. Brian Cage doesn't fit again, Uh, where I felt like the odd man out here, much like I did with Team Taz, is Brian Cage. I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, he's the only person who, again, feels like he doesn't belong in this group. And that is a crying ass shame to me (laughs) that uh, he just does not go in factions.
2: Well, maybe it's because, you know, I mean, you look at him and you look at the size and you look at how he is. I, You know, I liked him in Team Taz, so I feel like a little bit differently in regards to that. I know, you, you know, people can say what they want, but like for me, I actually really dug Cage in Team Taz. I think it was just more so of like a lot of how things went down that maybe you can say, oh, me, you know, he didn't fit in this and that, but I was actually a fan of him in Team Taz.
3: I didn't. So it was one of those things where him and Taz was a good combination. Once you brought Starks in, he completely eclipsed him on the mic and then once you brought um Hobbs in then it was like and Hobbs is kind of better muscle than him and so all of a sudden the two things that Brian Cage brought to the table were being taken away yeah they were outclassed by the other two guys in the group and suddenly he felt like the third rung in it and again here it was like he was the first to team up with Tully Blanchard, and it's like okay this could be cool but then like Khan is so much more physically impressive than Brian Cage that again, I thought, damn, outclassed in his group again. So I don't know what's going to happen here. I feel bad because I don't dislike Brian Cage, but it is weird that every opportunity he keeps getting in this scenario, he keeps getting outclassed. This was a good match. though. it was a good showcase match. Um, this was the longest match on the, um,
2: Zero hour. Uh, yeah, on
3: the zero hour. I'm going to get it right eventually. But uh, the embassy really got the show out. Uh, I feel like uh, Alex Zane, Blake Christian, and Tony Deppin got to uh, make us believe that they could hold down the embassy and they could defeat them. Uh, I bought into it a little bit of like, oh, they're going to lose their first match. That's not right. And then, of course, it never ends up happening. So either way, I thought it was a good showing for them to start. But uh, the final match of zero hour featured one of my favorites those of you that know me and know the podcast i host know that i'm a big willow nightingale mark that oh she's just, a sweetheart yeah she's she a sweetheart is, she is and uh i am a believer in willow nightingale when her music hit the crowd going nuts for her and uh they were chanting for it throughout the match she got to show out and defeat solidly decisively allison k great showing here from willow nightingale uh again and so this is one of those it was designed to sell you on the show and i feel like it did what it needed to do and so that was zero hour
2: sweet well let's go ahead and get into some of these super chats and let's see what people are saying so far then we'll get some more stuff in all right so we got van Twinblade who says she screwed will i love it this is still getting over man this happened <laughs> like weeks ago look at me people were uh, yelling
3: that at you by the way at warrior wrestling from the crowd i don't know if you noticed that during no i couldn't, <laughs> hear, people I couldn't yelling hear it i couldn't even hear it it was so great
2: <laughs> we got c romero who says to denise this is will show poser so take a stroll grapsity in the house because that's how we roll yuna versus garcia was a sleeper ftr versus briscoe's damn i'm the most overheal in fightful pro wrestling right now i got the people like c romero sending money just to come call me things i appreciate you c romero uh let's see what else we got in here uh we got so many of these here we go this one is from brent lockman who says uh brain can't process the greatness we just saw looking forward to you trying through uh, just incredible main event and overall show we'll get through all of that good stuff we got greg pooling in here who says Allie and i want to say thanks tonight uh thanks for tonight denise uh you're welcome uh uh, Gre- uh greg and Allie they got to watch the show for free today because they won my giveaway so thank you so much for coming in here today
3: Dang, we got romero too huh so you're a heel who gives away how can that be
2: I don't know what to tell you, man. Sometimes I'm supposed to be be... working
3: against the crowd, working to get cheered over your competition (laughs) is (laughs) is not how this works
2: i'm a tweener there you go yeah you know i'm just like i don't even know what i am anymore c romero sends in a super chat saying serena deep selling her, her match perfection was it me or was it the crowd not mic'd good i feel like they were loud but it wasn't picked up uh let's talk we'll talk more about the serena deep stuff later but i do want to touch on this with the mic situation because i did notice that in the beginning of this like pretty much throughout the show there were some portions where it did kind of feel like the crowd was a little bit low in terms of like the micing and whatnot
3: i felt that too i thought that just going through – so because this happened a few weeks ago when AEW was in Independence, Missouri, where I was there in that crowd. I thought it was a loud-ass crowd that was just hot for everything. I get on Twitter, and everybody's like, man, this is the deadest crowd I've seen AEW have in a while. And I was like, it, there's no way it was mic'd properly because I was there. And I was reading people who were there in the building say, man, this crowd is hot. This crowd's on fire. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, eh. And so I, 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 I think there was definitely a miking issue here for sure
2: no there totally was because you could even tell like there was moments where you can like kind of hear and you can see you know we have eyes we can see the visual of the crowd and their reactions and whatnot but then there was moments where there was moments though where the crowd wasn't necessarily hot for some stuff and we'll talk about that more later on but there was the situation with the mic and all of that we got brent lockman who says prince nana showing up and randomly buying a whole faction was the most nana thing ever
3: it was it was absolutely like if you haven't seen prince nana if this is your first exposure you to prince nana because you're just now getting in a ring of honor one shame on you but two you are in for a treat assuming the embassy goes as advertised
2: and garrett francis in a super chat saying i'm camping with crap internet just glad i watch you guys in 480p so i can find out what's going on thank you guys man thank you for watching us on 480p i probably would have tuned out already to be honest (laughs) All righty. Uh, let's go ahead. And also I'm trying to get all of your, uh, the ones that are making sense to us right now. Uh, this is from it's Isaiah who says after watching City, glad you're still with us. Will, what happened?
3: Oh, they, uh, oh is learned... it because of the, the okay. The, the I thought yeah, something grap...
2: happened to you on the show. No, I was like, uh, what? people are
3: just now learning that about me. So it's just a new thing.
2: Yeah. So. Andy Springer says the show rude. Love that the uh, bigger moments were at the start and in the end. Denise and Will are reminders that I'll never be that naturally handsome. <laughs> what? <laughs> I appreciate it, but don't bury yourself. Don't.
3: No. No, especially because I'm looking at the picture and like
2: you know, look what? like a charming fella.
3: Yeah, I see that.
2: Yeah. I see it too, man. I see it too. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and get right into. Uh, actually, we're sitting, we're getting so many super chats. So I'm trying to get them all organized here. Um, we got one here. Let's get into the Humper Chats that actually pertain to this topic really quickly. And uh, let's go ahead and kick things off with uh, this one here from uh, Ryan Lambert, who says, Seems like everyone always gets rid of Brian Cage, kind of alluding to the point that you just made right now, uh, Will. And then we also had one from, uh, we we'll might as well just get into the actual main show now. But before we do, Will, That's it's right. time.
3: Yes, because we've got a little bit of a word from our sponsor. And that sponsor is StarCast 5. That's right. StarCast 5 is going to be the biggest StarCast yet. July 29th, the 30th, and the 31st, Nashville, Tennessee, at the Nashville Fair, uh, Fairgrounds. Panel shows include Renee Paquette's Sessions featuring Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson, who we just learned, is returning to the ring this week. So there's going to be a lot to hear from Renee Paquette and Brian Danielson. That's already a duo we love to hear from. We love them on Talking Smack. You're going to love them here. Uh, Soraya turning the page. There's a- This show is
0: sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap
2: And if you love the filet fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular
3: price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Also, the last ride of the Four Horsemen and Bret Hart 30 years later. And StarCast will be capped off, as you see on your screen, by Ric Flair's Last Match, taking place Sunday night at Nashville Municipal Auditorium, featuring some of the best. Talent from MLW, AAA, Impact, New Japan Pro Wrestling, AEW, and more. And announced matches include the Briscoes versus the Von Erichs, Motor City Machine Guns versus the Wolves, Impact World Champion Josh Alexander versus Jacob Fatu, Rachel Ellering, Diana Perazzo, and Jordan Grace in a three-way knockouts match, Killer Cross versus Harry Smith, Ren Narita versus Clark Connors, Ren, uh, Ray Phoenix, Bandito. Taurus and Laredo Kid in a four-way match which you know that's gonna burn and finally the show will be headlined by the final match in the historic career of nature boy Ric Flair which will see Ric Flair teaming with his son-in-law Andrade El Idolo to take on the team of Jeff Jarrett and a man who competed tonight Jay Lethal And if you're going to be in the Nashville area, head to StarCast.com for more information on StarCast tickets, meet and greets, and last match tickets. For those of you who won't be in Nashville, head to RicFlair'sLastMatch.com to pre-order the event and watch the incredible docuseries Ric Flair, The Last Match, with new episodes every Monday at 6.05 Eastern, which is a time that if you're familiar with Ric Flair's career, is a time that should be burned in your brain because you've heard it your entire life. StarCast 5, if you've never been to a StarCast, this is the time to do it. It's always a fun event. Um, every time I've gotten to be around StarCast, every time I've gotten to be at StarCast. Again, if you've never been to that type of experience where you get to see your favorite wrestlers just kind of all in one place and you just kind of get to walk up and talk to them, it's, it's surreal. And uh, I always recommend people do it at least once. And if this is your once, StarCast 5, Nashville, Tennessee, this uh, a week from today. So starting next Friday. So uh, actually 29th, 30th and 31st. I forgot. It's actually the 23rd today. StarCast 5.
2: Thank you very much, Will. All right, let's go ahead and get into this main show, everybody, because we got plenty to talk about here today. And we're going to kick things off in a very big way because they kicked off the show today with the Ring of Honor World Championship title match. That is right, Claudio Castagnoli versus Jonathan Gresham, the champion. And I got to tell you, this was – I'm going to start off – I want to run down a couple of bullet points and then we'll go ahead and jump right into our thoughts on this one here. So I want to start off by saying that I liked  – the way that they explained this with the whole coin toss saying that they did a coin toss prior to this to basically decide you know what match was going to be the main event etc and this match I thought what was good about it was that you know obviously Claudio and Jonathan Gresham they have a size difference but I kind of feel like that's what made this match even a little bit more fun to see and I want to give credit right off the bat to uh for seriously commentary I thought did a phenomenal job I thought that Caprice and Ian just did a phenomenal job but right off the bat I want to give some credit some kudos to Ian because immediately he made sure that he kind of educated the crowd and basically told people like this is why we're seeing Jonathan Gresham and Claudio Castagnoli sort of you know on the same level you know just basically letting people know like they are equals regardless of the size difference they are equals and I really liked that he kind of just did that right Right off the bat because I think that added a lot to the legitimacy especially because you, we can't assume that every single person that is watching a uh, ring of honor that they're you know been watching forever or that they're familiar with everybody so I like the fact that he actually went ahead and did that like immediately off of this match now there were a lot of moments that I really enjoyed throughout this match I did wish Will that it was a little bit longer just because there were some things that I was like oh you know what I would have I I think given some of the other matches that went a little bit longer i would have liked to see maybe some of those minutes added to this match just because you know it's your it's your championship match i feel like you want to give it a little bit more time but the moments that i did love during this well i loved the freaking spot that uh cesaro and jonathan gresham did when he had like them excuse me claudio How many times do you think that's gonna happen? Uh, I mean,
3: <laughs> didn't you do it at the last press conference? Too? I did it
2: at the press conference. Too. I was like Cesaro, San Claudio. <laughs> All right, I'm so used to saying Cesaro. Hey, it's been years. All right. Anyway, so Claudio and Jonathan Gresham, when uh, he basically got him in that like deadlift, like gut wrench suplex spot, like it's on so the impressive. ropes. Dude, that was impressive because like, I you know, people can argue, you know, Jonathan Gresham's size, but regardless, like you could literally do that to like try to do that to anybody and the positioning and all of that, like that's a hard thing to do. And it came across as just very, very impressive. So I like that. I like when uh, Claudio, tried to attempt the, like, airplanes, uh, the airplane spin, the airplane spot. I wanted to kind of see that, the airplane spin with the no hands. Uh, I think I would have liked to see that executed. So I was a little bummed when we didn't get to see it. I think it would have looked really cool. But obviously, you know, Cesaro hits his trademarks, you know, the uppercut. Um, Then he hits the elbows. Then he gets the Ricola bomb and uh, finally gets the win, becomes champion. Uh, This is his big moment. I'm not surprised that he won the title I was expecting it and I kind of feel like now with Claudio as the champion it kind of feels like this was um, the official like first champion for like this Tony era of Ring of Honor like even though obviously Jonathan Gresham was already champion when Tony was running the show. This kind of feels like the I don't know like the the official start of the Tony era. So will what were your thoughts on this match and how do you feel about Claudio getting the title and did you enjoy this match?
3: I enjoyed the match. Um, yeah, I agree that it should have been longer. as a matter of fact. Um, I had a hunch, and now that I'm looking at the official times, uh, there was a match on the zero hour that was longer. So um, I, I and I had a feeling, something to me felt like one of those matches was longer, and it actually was. Uh, I will say that i I recognize that in the modern era of wrestling, because a lot of people, especially older fans, are used to the idea. Of the term curtain jerking, right? That was a term that used to be around. That really doesn't work anymore because the term meant that you were the first on the show, you were the opening act, you didn't really matter. Um, whereas I think in the last 15 years now, the first match has really, for a long time, been the match that that gets the crowd hot. That's the match that gets people going. And so I think being, especially like you watch Dynamite, you see how Dynamite structured. It's always the most important two matches are the first and the last. Those are the if you're not in either of those spots, then everything else is kind of below that. And so I feel like this was structured in more of a dynamite type way. Um, I appreciated uh, that the um, that shout out to my dude Bobby Cruz. Um, he popped the crowd in, in a way where I nobody was really expecting that match to go on first. In the way that uh, he starts off with the following contest scheduled for one fall fix that pause it's for the ring of honor world championship and that's a great way to pop a crowd uh when they're gonna get the title match first and uh i was big fan of that then i turned to twitter and uh twitter (laughs) not a big fan twitter uh immediately (laughs) saw this kind of the same way that a lot of older fans saw it which is um oh shit we have jonathan gresham in this position um so we can already tell this is about to be a burial like they were already down on it uh i wasn't feeling some of the negativity on that aspect of it now that said i also see that a lot of people are upset that jonathan gresham um lost the ring of honor world championship uh are you
2: really i saw more people um, that were excited for claudio
3: uh you don't follow enough black people because people were upset about this uh and they and i i get it i do but i also if you watched Beyond on grap city this morning uh i predicted that it would be claudio for the reason that obviously ring of honor is in the process of securing a tv deal we might even be hearing about what the details of that are during the media scrum i don't know but uh I felt like if they were going to try and sell the brand, I feel like Claudio is a guy they're going to uh, try to sell the brand on, that he kind of fits the mold of, um, I don't know, big, strong dude who can do it all in the ring. And I think Jonathan Gresham, I love Jonathan Gresham. I've seen Jonathan Gresham uh, in many different promotions just this year. Guy had a killer match at Terminus just a couple days ago. Uh, Jonathan Gresham is that guy that said uh, I do know that when Jonathan Gresham is on screen and it's a really unfortunate thing if you turn again the mistake I made I see you chat uh, of turning to Twitter is the fact that every Jonathan Gresham match that ever airs on TV turns into a debate about his size uh, every time and that's all Jordan Grace uh, tweet about it earlier of like why do we do this? Like, this is a thing that he doesn't have any control over. But at the same time, he's, he's a great cerebral performer in the ring. I loved his targeting of the leg. Um, I love the fact that Claudio uh, started with the swing rather than ending with the swing. And it really felt like he could have done that swing for a really long time. Um, I actually liked the video package beforehand, which established that Claudio had done so much in Ring of Honor. He got a lot accomplished. He's a former Ring of Honor tag team champion with Chris Hero, uh, the Kings of Wrestling. But as far as Ring of Honor was concerned, as far as any promotion he's performed in is concerned, that man has not won the big one. He has not had the world championship and so that was a big deal here and one of the things if you've been watching claudio back in wwe or even before wwe but it's especially before wwe going back to his chikara days all of that the one thing that he did best was worked with smaller guys. That was his almost his bread and butter. When he got in there with a luchador, forget it. That's the thing he did best. And so and you I, saw it
2: in this match, honestly, that's was- like that's what you're saying. Like the whole, you know, hype thing coming up, like we can say it out loud, but that doesn't have to be a disadvantage. It could be an advantage. And they made it work in this match.
3: Yeah. And that's how I felt about this. Right. That, you know, Jonathan Gresham, I thought, filled a role that Claudio is very familiar of having um, opposing him, which is that you he has a smaller opponent that uh, is taking advantage of, uh, of Claudio's size. I almost did it uh, of taking advantage of his size, um, targeting his knees, targeting. Um, various portions of his body. And he works with that so well that I thought the moment this match was announced, I was like, okay, it's Claudio versus a smaller guy. It's Claudio versus Ray Mysterio. Seen that a million times. And it was great every time. This was another case like that. I thought it definitely, when Claudio hit his finish, my immediate thought was, okay, this is a finish that he's just now getting established and no one's kicked out of it yet. And I don't think anybody's going to kick out of it now. And sure enough, one, two, three, That was it
2: see here's the thing and I know that you're saying a lot of people are mad and also because it's the opening match but I feel like there was a lot that basically indicated that this was the direction that they were going to go and to me it felt really freaking obvious and well yes. you know not everything is always set in stone and you know you can be so positive in a prediction and all of that but to me it felt very obvious that like hey you know uh, Claudio coming off of his you know WWE run let's be real he's got that buzz coming off of that and we've seen uh, and you can hey you know what you can talk about MJF's promo where he says that you know if you're next WWE guy you get put in these very special spots uh you can even argue that if you want to throw that into this but I just feel like it was very obvious that Claudio was going to be winning this match and that's why I said in the beginning you know I knew that people were going to see this as like kind of a diss you know having him um having the ring of honor world championship defended in the opening match and, you know, kind of making seem kind of making it seem like Jonathan Gresham is less than, and that's what I liked instantly that Ian Riccoboni basically said like, no, this is, you know, this is, you know, basically adding to that credibility of who these two people are and why they're doing this. And they explained it Right off the bat. And to me, it was also very obvious that we were gonna be having FTR and the Briscoe's main event because that's like the big, you know, matchup that everybody's talking about. I and was also, talking about heading into the show, excuse me.
3: And also, you were at Supercard of Honor. It was another case of uh like hindsight on that one was that that should have made a at that show too. Uh like obviously you had the Joe debut, so you couldn't really do that. But like FTR versus the Briscoes was the hottest match on the show the crowd was insane from the moment the entrances began they were screaming for everybody it was top guys dim boys top guys dim boys and i you know if you looked back at that show and so and we're learning from any mistakes made the biggest mistake made was you killed the crowd after the hottest match fdr versus uh the briscoe so like immediately your thought doing that match again should have been This match goes on last. I don't think that was the wrong call at all. Also, hate to say it, and it's really just the build and where things had gone. This world title match was the fourth most hyped match on the show. When you think about the fact that Joe versus uh, Jay Lethal had been built since when was that show? April, when Satnam Singh showed up. Really, it's been built since the main event of the last show. When and Joe we've been first consistently
2: hearing about it, too, on AEW television.
3: Yeah, like that match had way more hype than this one did. Um, And really, Wheeler Yuta and Dan Garcia also had a lot of hype going into it um, and had been built on TV a whole lot more. This one just kind of ended up happening when Claudio came out on Rampage and said, uh, he didn't even say anything. He just came to the ring and then, Uh, acknowledge that he's challenging for the title this had the fourth most hype like I appreciate that it still got put in a prominent position in a position to keep to get the crowd kicked off hot I thought it was a good match I probably would have had it go longer Um, I have concerns over the fact that uh, Jonathan Gresham deleted his Twitter immediately after the show wait Uh, Jonathan
2: Gresham deleted his Twitter today he
3: he deactivated like immediately after the match shut up Um, I did not see that yeah so there's a lot of questions about that i don't know what's going on but uh wait
2: because he was getting stuff because he was mad do we know did he tweet prior to this
3: he didn't he just went and deactivated is it
2: because he just didn't want to hear people's criticisms or critiques of the match or complaints
3: (laughs) i don't know come on will i need to know this stuff i'm interested but obviously i'm Not going to dive into that right Right, now. Right, of course. (laughs) Okay,
2: well, thank you for pointing that out because I didn't even know that he deactivated his Twitter account. That's news to me. Okay. All right, well, let's get into some of these. Uh, Once again, guys, if you want to get your question, comment, or statement read on here, send in a super chat, send in a humper chat because they help us out greatly and it also gives you your opinion to be read on the show. All right, so here we go. This is from It's Isaiah who says that the Claudio match seemed off to me, uh, not sure why. I guess, you know, depends on how you felt about it, right? Um, Oscar Villanueva says, kind of feel bad for Gresham. Good wrestler, but Tony Khan ev- evidently wants to go a different direction with this title. Uh, do you want to add to this, Will?
3: Um, I mean, you, you know, it was tough, right? Because the, the Jonathan Gresham was a champion he ended up with. And ultimately, every booker on the planet wants to, especially when you're the head booker, which is interesting because WWE for the first time has its first ever different head booker, but uh, every head you booker really want to get
2: started on that, will <laughs> you really want to start the drama up on this place? I
3: I already got to talk about that today, <laughs> yeah, and it was a hoot. Yeah, uh, YouTube.com/slash/ Fightful. Check out City every Saturday, noon Eastern, nine a.m. Pacific. Um, but the so starting out as a new booker and you're kind of inheriting all your champions. And it's like, you kind of want to go in your own creative direction. Jonathan Gresham was a champion that TK did inherit. That wasn't somebody that he had necessarily planned on. I mean, you had the the whole bandito controversy and everything that went down there with uh, um, final battle last year and all of that. But like, ultimately the plan was always going to be for Jonathan Gresham to walk away with the title, but that wasn't necessarily the direction that uh, Tony Khan was planning um tony khan has very clearly been watching ring of honor since 2002 um and you know he has a soft spot i notice for the history of ring of honor the the embassy is is here hello sorry i am currently being joined by my cat um so i apologize your cat looks
2: like a skunk with the little white stripe
3: (laughs) i'm like well that's a cat yeah this is my cat this is which one is this this is uh which one is this? This is Lily. Um, Lily. I have two cats. They're both black cats, but one of them has white. One of them belly. looks
2: like a skunk. <laughs>
3: yes, one of them looks like a skunk. But anyway, so.
2: Uh, yeah, You're saying like, he kind of inherited you and he inherited, right. that kind of weird, but he inherited yeah. Jonathan Gresham as a champion, right? That's yeah, why I said and, earlier on.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And what I was saying, though, is Tony Khan clearly has a soft spot for the history of Ring of Honor. We saw that he brought back the embassy tonight. Um, You know, immediately upon signing Samoa Joe, it was like, oh, you're going in Ring of Honor. Uh, And Claudio Castagnoli, of course, having the history in Ring of Honor, uh, I think was something that he and and Claudio Castagnoli had. For previous title matches, Uh, they talked about uh, Death Before Dishonor, I think in 07, where he did get the challenge for the title but came up short. And so they we talked about the fact that he's had these world title matches in Ring of Honor, but never won the big one. And I think he was more about that history, the older history of Ring of Honor than maintaining what they had established really in those final pandemic months.
2: And that's the thing. That's why initially, like the second I saw, you know, Claudio, you know, holds up the bow, it really was this indicator of like, okay, this is the new era for the, you know, Ring of Honor, the Tony Khan era of Ring of Honor and so to me, it was very uh, crystal clear that, you know, first that that was going to be the de- the decision heading into it. And then secondly, that's how it felt, you know, afterwards uh, seeing the victory and all of that. Uh, we got a couple more comments in regards to this match. This one is from Notorious Gerg who says, uh, "Seem like Gresham didn't want to be there. He didn't come out in his usual gear and just went straight to the ring quick, maybe upset with outcome. I don't know. And I don't want to speak on that because I feel like I don't want to like I, I just, I didn't get that when I was watching this match. I didn't get that. You know, I don't know if you kind of noticed that, but I personally I, did not.
3: I did notice, and Phil Lindsay had tweeted that he noticed there was really no pomp and circumstance to, uh, of course, because that's Jay Lethal's entrance. Ha, ha, ha. But no, there was no pomp and circumstance to um, the uh, Jonathan Gresham's entrance. He felt like it was very just quick and to the point and And it's felt like even on, uh rampage we've seen more out of Gresham's entrances than that so that was something that I noticed maybe a little bit um I didn't take enough from it and I don't like to make assumptions along those lines because um I have people I can just ask for that and I haven't done that so um I'm not gonna make any assumptions on this show here
2: Right. All right. And let's go ahead and uh, really quickly, let's get this one in from Brent Lockman, who says the Spanish announce table, not us. so many amazing moments from Caprice. He did a phenomenal that job. And that line popped to me. That was during the Caprice. main event, but it was still a good one.
3: Caprice gave a lot of shout outs that I was like shocked by uh, throughout the show where he talked about. Uh, he mentioned Roxy and he was like, and she's in wonderful hands right now. And, you know, he was bringing up Shane Taylor promotions. Um, and he brought him up a few times on the show. And I just thought, uh, I thought that was a name we were not going to hear on this show, but, uh, nah, Caprice did his thing and I love it.
2: Good for him. Good for him. It, it worked yeah. out fine. Clearly, we noticed. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next match here. Uh, the second match of the night we had was for the ROH World Six-Man Tag Team Championships, and we had Delton Castle and the boys versus the Righteous, Vincent Bateman and Dutch. Um, I got to be honest with you. I think this was a match that I personally felt the point was crystal clear for me, uh, getting your belts back to these guys, you know, uh, Dalton Dalton is with a ring of honor. So I figured, okay, this is very crystal clear. They want the titles back over here. You know, Vincent's doing his thing with impact wrestling. I don't know if he's signed fully with impact wrestling, or if he's on a, a per appearance deal. I'm not sure on that, but regardless, he's doing his thing over there in impact wrestling. So this kind of felt a uh, very crystal clear to me in terms of like the outcome and the purpose behind this match. At least this is just me assuming. Um, I gotta be honest with you. I didn't care for this match. I didn't think it was good. I didn't think it was entertaining. I kind of felt like it was very, uh, there were a couple moments. I got a couple of people that were, you know, excited about it. Uh, I think Dutch going over the top rope and got a nice little pop there. The German suplex from, uh, the, the, the German suplex that castle did on Dutch. That looked great too. That was fine. Cool. Uh, Dalton eventually gets the win for his team. Uh, I have a before we get into the uh, my little thing of what I think the championship belts could be in this picture. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on this because you seem to be disagreeing with me, Will. And that did you do you agree? Do you disagree? Did you like this match? Share your thoughts. (laughs)
3: Um, I, I like Dalton and the boys as an act. Um, I don't know that I care for them as wrestlers, and uh, that's kind of a disconnect I have. In these types of matches, again, this was another case of feeling like, like you said, uh, getting, your, getting your Ring of Honor, and I mean your being Tony Khan, uh, getting his Ring of Honor under his order? control. <laughs> yeah, getting everything in order, getting everything he wanted in place. And in this case, it felt like uh, Dalton and the boys, you know, obviously we've seen them on Dark. We've seen them before. um Doing things with Ring of Honor and AEW, and so we knew that this was going to be a case of getting those belts back over under the Tony Khan umbrella. He did, and it it wasn't that long. And uh, as a matter of fact, this was officially the shortest match on the card. And yeah, it how was- long was it? Nine minutes and forty seconds.
2: All right. Well, I felt all those nine minutes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you didn't feel like this was the shortest match on the card at all.
2: That's why when I, I generally had to ask you how long this match was, because it felt a little bit longer to me. Uh, I'm sorry. I just I, you know, I, don't, I feel bad being like, oh, like I didn't like this match. But truthfully, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I like something when I don't like
3: something, you know? No denise is going to give you complete honesty me on the other hand i'll just blow smoke up your ass no i'm just kidding uh i
2: (laughs) you'll sugarcoat it a little bit remember our time we were doing raw we had the whole he's tall moment (laughs) Uh,
3: yes that's great um (laughs) speaking of which you and i have to address the the max tupery stuff at some point because we'll save it for the end of the show i don't know Uh, we'll see we'll see but okay i'm gonna say that uh the reason i don't have a massive opinion on this match is because i was getting dinner at that point and so I was gonna it's say, cause like... you
2: didn't care well it's yeah. okay to say you didn't care about this match <laughs> i was
3: preparing my dinner i looked up you
2: didn't even you were like nah screw this match i'm gonna go get my dinner <laughs>
3: Look, I can I don't see blame my t- you. I can see my TV from the kitchen, but yes, I was preparing <laughs> my dinner at this point, and I'm I had tacos, by the way, in case anybody. You think wondering. you'd
2: be preparing your dinner during African freaking uh, Samoa Joe, Jay Lethal, or during FTR and the Briscoes? Nah, no, you probably wouldn't be. No, unless you were, I don't know what you do.
3: No, I mean this street tacos, like uh, I had, uh, it was very good, by the way shout out to my wife upstairs she's not dead I was actually just pointing I was gonna say, but <laughs> why are you
2: making it seem like your wife is dead no she's... you were like up... I was like the... no
3: I, I, I do the I do this show in my basement she is just I totally like... snorted <laughs> right is... now
2: it's because you were like my wife and <laughs> you were pointing up I'm like bro she ain't dead
3: I know she's physically here poor, um, poor right, woman right there. she
2: makes you brilliant tacos and you're out here putting <laughs> She needs to, oh man, I'm gonna have a little chat with her. (laughs) She's out here busting her butt, making you some brilliant tacos. And you're out here telling everybody she's upstairs.
3: She is upstairs. She's physically upstairs uh (laughs) okay
2: so let me let me post something to you here really quickly well um you know I was kind of thinking about the you know the championship belts and this and that so just an idea um what do you think about these because you know we've all been waiting for the AEW trios belts you know that's been a really big conversation um what do you think why are you looking at me like that what do you think about (laughs) these kind of
3: stuff that I can't say right now (laughs)
2: okay well what do you think about these championship belts kind of being those belts that we see uh, kind of defended on both brands on Reno ring of honor and a W oh, what do you think I, about that? Hate it. Don't I, hate it.
3: I don't hate it. I don't think it's going to be the case because okay. I, I, there's, there's stuff happening. Uh, that's all I'll say on that. But uh, I don't know. I, I thought it was funny that uh poor um, Stefan Smith referee, uh, gets handed the three belts and he's like trying to like lift them and hold. You know, it's very easy for tag titles to just lift one. Uh, I was hoping he would just like hold one in his mouth and hold the other two up. Be like, yeah, this is the tag titles, but he ain't get to do that.
2: All righty, well let's go ahead and press on from here. After you buried my idea, you're like, nah, that's stupid, Denise, and it ain't happening. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> thanks, Look, thanks. I sugarcoated
3: time. it. I didn't say you that. Did. I could you, have said that. You know that, what? You but... could have just
2: told me straight out, Denise. That's a stupid as hell idea, and that's not what's happening. I, think, I can take it.
3: I think AEW would be better off. Fine. I'm going to tell you how I feel about it. Go, go for it. I think with the amount of trios AEW has, I think they are better off establishing their own trios belts simply off the idea of the the trios within the company. When you've got groups like House of Black and you've got the elite, you've got the undisputed, whatever the fuck they're going to call themselves, Adam Cole and Red Dragon. Um, you've got... Uh, The best friends, and you have various combinations of the dark order. There's so many things you can do there that I feel like the lineage should start in a company that has already spent the last three years establishing trios rather than bringing in belts from elsewhere.
2: Now, with that being said, because I completely agree with you, but with that being said, the reason this idea even popped up in my head was because. Right now, the Ring of Honor roster that we know of is very, very, very slim. And there ain't very many options, which is why I was thinking there's a lot of options over here and very little over here.
3: Yeah, but at the same time, (laughs) Tony's got to figure that out with the Ring of Honor roster. Don't bring AW into that.
2: (laughs) Alrighty, we've settled this. It ain't going to happen. All right, moving on to the next match that we got here. We got the pure championship match between Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Yuda. Now, when I was asking people, hey, what match are you really looking forward to? Besides, you know, FTR and the Briscoes, uh, Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Yuda was one of the matches that I saw up there where a lot of people were like, this has the potential to be match of the night. This has, you know, all of this. You know, people are really excited about it. Um, In terms of this match right now, we got no no comments from people sending them in in terms of Super Chats or Humper Chats, which is kind of telling me otherwise. But okay, this is your opportunity to get your thoughts in. So send in any Super Chats or Humper Chats and prove us wrong here that people want to talk about this match because I think yeah, I want to talk about it personally. But let's get into it. So, like I said, this was a match that people were really looking forward to. And they... How long did this match go, Will? Do you got the time on here? Is uh, that of, kind of
3: I do. 15 I feel minutes, like... 15.55. okay. You had a timer at the bottom. You could have just. Yeah, I know, but screen. I forgot. <laughs> like,
2: well, I had a lot of my play. okay? So anyways, so 15 minutes, right? We had, they did Closer a lot. Okay, in these 15, 16 minutes, they did a lot in this. I think that they, uh. Made sure to try to include as much possible in this match, and they had a nice little, uh, a nice little build, you know. They, you had, you know, we we're seeing all of this grappling, all of this, you know, transitioning, some cool stuff that we got to see between uh, both guys. Some of my favorite parts are just moments that I want to uh, point out. Uh, immediately following that slap exchange is, I think, when it really kind of picked up and you know went into like a a different level, right? It just you know went up a notch that a little Garcia higher. Garcia
3: going down from it was chef's kiss that was great
2: chef's kiss like you said um one of the portions that i really liked immediately after the slap exchange was uh yuda doing the crossface, garcia locking in the sharpshooter right after that but then yuda turning it into a bulldog choke and then right after that we get like the knees to the head of garcia to you from garcia to yuda um i really liked just all of that very quick uh you know Transitionings and getting in from one moment into another. I really liked that and I loved how it all kind of looked and how it ended up like culminating uh to the finish where we finally see you to get the win with the uh he had like a uh, like a backslide uh I don't even know how to I don't even know how to explain that. Uh whatever whatever. Okay, where am I here? Will help me out here. He had like a backslide uh I'm blanking here. Backslide.
3: Pen? Backslide.
2: Yeah, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Will. Thank you. Um, so the point that I'm trying to get at here though is I really do think that they did a lot in this match here to just kind of I don't know, add to it. And I did build up. Will I say this was a and great it was, match?
3: And, and, and they're correcting you in the chat because it was the awful waffle pin And thank the whole you. point there thank was you, that. It chat. Was what Finally, he someone had my back here. And it and it was what he learned from uh from yes, his thank time you. with Chuck Taylor.
2: So with that being said, I do want to say this. I think this match was good it wasn't necessarily great in my opinion. I think that they kind of like, it really wasn't until, like I said, um, until after that slap exchange where I really felt like it started to pick up this momentum. So while they did a lot heading into it, I just didn't think that it was necessarily like super great. I thought it was good. It was fine. It was an entertaining match, but I wouldn't put it up there with like one of my favorite matches in terms of like what I've been seeing throughout the entire year.
3: I felt like, uh, so there was story here, and the story was what I was mostly into, which was that uh, we're here, pure rules, and the idea of Daniel Garcia basically seeing this with such disdain and disrespect. And as far as he was concerned, he's just doing this uh, to, to humor the idea that he's booked in this match. But, you know, he came in, looked at the Ring of Honor logo, basically scoffed at it, and was just feeling in total disrespect of the idea of pure rules. And then uh, that was – but as the match went on, you know, he kind of – is. it it felt like before it kicked into high gear, he was just humoring these rules of this pure wrestling style that as far as Daniel Garcia is concerned, he's a sports entertainer. He doesn't give a damn about any of this. Uh, And uh, I like that. I also loved Regal on commentary throughout, by the way. But um, it came down to Wheeler Yuta – out-wrestling Daniel Garcia. And that was a thing. You know, Daniel Garcia approached it from the standpoint of, oh, I've got wrestling down. Um, I I know this stuff, so I don't really care. I'm not going to take this seriously. And, yeah, it wasn't until the slap exchange that it became apparent that Daniel Garcia had to do what he had to do to get a victory. But ultimately, Wheeler Yuta got the... The true victory uh i guess the seatbelt was was what it was and that was the same thing he won with on dynamite this week where he um uh who did he pin did he pin um trent with that no he pinned chuck taylor uh and so it's just continuing on with that story i thought this was great i had a lot of fun with it again though it was the story more so than the action but once the action even kicked in uh it became kind of a hoot and it seemed like more than anything else this is not the end for these two uh, which is kind of a shame because I'm kind of done with uh, Blackpool Combat Club and Jericho Appreciation Society. And of course, I say that with a Brian Danielson match being announced this week. That's more Blackpool <laughs> Combat Club and Jericho Appreciation Society. So uh, I guess I'm not done with it. Um, either way, I had fun with it. I liked it.
1: All righty. Well,
2: let's go ahead and get some thoughts and see what people are saying here. Uh, this one is from Nathan Depaul, who says, "Did Yuta win with the Chucky T pin again?" We already established that. Uh, we also have Orion Ben six six six, who says, Yuta versus Garcia was the start of a war until Grand Slam." Thank you very much for sending this one in as well. Um, all right. So let me go ahead and take these ones off here. Uh, let's go ahead and take a, a quick little Blue Chew
0: break. Hello. Is your penis limp? Would you like it to be erect? Fortunately, bluechew.com and the code FIGHTFUL is going to help you out an awful lot. Maybe you're having trouble with that. Maybe you just want the confidence. Well, bluechew.com and the code FIGHTFUL is right for you. Free. Your first order is free. You just pay $5 shipping. There, there are a few other steps you go through. You consult with the online physician. If approved, it ships straight to your door in a discreet package, but your first shipment is free with the code Fightful. It's got the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work, but they work on your schedule or whenever you're not ready and you want to be ready, whenever the mood arises. It's in a chewable form, very easy, very simple. Help yourself out. Give yourself that confidence with BlueChew.com and the code Fightful.
2: And we're back. All right, guys. So we're going to go ahead and hop into a match that I really, really enjoyed. And it was actually, uh, it was actually my, I hope I blocked the right user. I'm trying to block these porn bots. Did we block the porn bots already? Hey, they just
3: have some chew. That's all Hold right. on, hold
2: on. Let me see if I got the, uh, it's not letting me block the porn bots. All right, whoever can block the porn bots will, if you can do it on your end, it's not letting me on my end right now. I just did. Um, Thank you. All right, cool. So, oh, thank you, Luis. I think that's why I couldn't block them because they were already blocked. But those damn porn bots, they were like, we feel you. Let's come in. (laughs) All right. (laughs) shouldn't have said it that way all right Blue moving on moving on all right i want to talk about this match because this match freaking rocked and at this point of the night i legitimately felt that it was a match of the night at this point and it was really it was dragon lee and Bruche. and i gotta tell you this was so much fun um so all right where fun. do i even begin uh um, let's see where i want to get off there was just a bunch of different stuff that Dude, like happened.
3: getting off all right your terms tonight are phenomenal and i was gonna let like Maybe three of them slide, but this is like the fourth or fifth. <laughs>
2: I, I don't know why I speak this way. It just comes out. That's not what I meant though. Okay. We all know what I see. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Let's get into this match. All right. There was a lot of great moments during this. And I really feel like they just got the crowd uh really behind them during this match. So some of the awesome moments that we saw here, Jesus Christ. All right. We got some really nice, you know, a tope from Roosh right off the bat. We got, um, Uh, Dragon Lee getting tossed throughout the barricades and when uh, Roosh does that it's very fun to see because he really goes in like full intensity like full throttle Uh, so that was really great Uh, you know obviously him just showing a lot of charisma stomping Dragon Lee all of that good stuff we saw a dive from Dragon Lee um, to rush onto the table which kind of looked a little sick because he like kind of got barely got him in the stomach so if you like depending on the angle in which you saw it will it Almost looked like he just went straight into that table. So it was kind of a little brutal to watch there. A double stomp from Dragon Lee. A really nice chop exchange between both of them. uh, Inside the ring and even outside of the ring, we saw a little uh, exchange there. uh, Belly-to-belly suplex where Rush literally just freaking, like, throws Dragon Lee like to, like, like, he's a ragdoll, man. Then he does another one inside the ring as well. Uh, They tease a count out. After that, we end up seeing... um, after the countout, we do end up seeing uh, that was when the second belly to belly happened. Excuse me. We see the bullhorns to Dragon Lee. Dragon Lee does the Liger Bomb. So you essentially see both of these guys executing their maneuvers, their finishers, and both of them essentially not being able to get the win from there on. We end up seeing Roosh play a little bit of possum. And this it was very subtle, very subtle. And this essentially allows him to, hit a, to uh, execute the bullhorns again. And that is how he is able to eventually win this match. Now, I feel like I didn't do this match justice because it was so exciting to watch. And it was probably, at this point of the show, the most different thing that we had gotten from all of the previous matches that we saw uh, prior to this. And I just think they went out there. They did a kick-ass job. Will, how did you feel about this match?
3: Spot-foo is my, uh, to steal a phrase from Righteous Reg, my favorite type of pro wrestling. And, uh, yeah, they just went out here and kicked each other's asses. Um, I'm not going to go spot for spot like you did because uh, I feel like you did it justice. I'm just going to talk about how I felt and how I felt was that pro wrestling freaking rocks. And uh, this is one of the reasons why. Uh, look, Roosh has kind of had a little bit of an uphill battle since coming to AEW. Um, I feel like most people who know Roosh's work know what he brings to the table, but if you didn't, uh, it's kind of hard to see it established. And I feel like even though this is ring of honor, I feel like we're still dealing with mostly the, the, uh, AEW type audience. Um, but yeah, it just felt like these two went out there and just went balls to the wall, kicking each other's asses, just doing crazy, cool shit and great spots and uh and getting the crowd going and turning a crowd that was uh I feel like up to this point also reached their highest point in the show. Um now I feel like the main event is the true highest point of this crowd. But the crowd was way into this. Uh didn't even have a vested interest in either guy. They could have taken Dragon Lee, they could have taken Roosh, but I feel like Rouge got to show out here and really show that he is something I can't believe this guy is about to face after that is going to face Moxley on Wednesday. What? Um, I do have one recommendation. He needs new music. I know this is music he's been using since ring of honor. It's some of the most generic stuff that exists out there. Get Roosh some new music for the love of God, get Roosh some new music. Uh, But otherwise I thought that this was just a total kick-ass match that really in the end, did what it was supposed to do in getting Roosh established as uh, a major player in what's probably going to be in AEW more than anything else. But I was just happy to see him get the victory here.
2: Exactly. I feel like if you play your cards right, you got a real big star in Roosh. And so to be able to kind of just see him go out there and be like, this is why. It's just like it's the little things. There was a lot of little things that he did during this match that you're like, shit, this fucking guy, like he's got so much goddamn charisma. Uh, it was cool to see. It was very cool to see. And I think this match was very enjoyable. And I think this was like the if you this was a point of the show where I think it really hit like a high point in terms of just like general interest, where I think most people can agree it was an entertaining match. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and hop into our, and actually, never mind. We got a super chat for this one. And this one is from Miguel Ortiz who says, uh, This chops during Bruce versus Dragon Lee and tag titles match were so loud, my God, but this pay per view was very enjoyable. Agree. Thank you so much to Miguel for sending in this super chat. Um, Once again, guys, if you do want to get your question, comment, or statement read on the show, you are more than welcome to send in a super chat or a humper chat. Uh, Yeah, humperchats.com. Not only do you get your comments and your thoughts read on here, but on top of that, you help support Fightful, you help support Will, you help support me, and just all across the board. Thank you very much. All right, so let's get into this next match because I'm a little 50-50 on this next one and it is the Serena D. Mercedes-Martinez match um, for the ROH Women's Championship. Um,
3: 50-50? Yeah, I'm a little 50-50 on this one, Will. What's in one of your 50 and what's in the other? okay because well now
2: that you put me on the spot you know like, i
3: enjoyed this but i enjoyed right, it too but that's why i'm 50 50 some denise thoughts we're gonna even cross my legs here oh i got oh thanks um, thanks for throwing
2: see. the floor just like you know did you share her thoughts yes, okay there we go. my 50 50 um i'll start off with the parts that maybe didn't really like uh work for me i think honestly uh I had a a lack of interest going into this match. My interest was uh, not that high for this one. And I'll just be completely honest. My interest was not really there. So I think that goes into the part where I really wasn't like completely invested in this. And usually when I'm not invested in a certain match, usually if it's like really, really great, I'll get brought. I'll be like, screw how I felt before. This match won me over, and I don't necessarily think that this match did that for me. While I did enjoy that they got a lot of time, there was a lot of, you know, moments that I did like in this match, you know, obviously, you know, Serena Deeb, you know, she goes out there, she does, you know, really good submission stuff, so we got to see all of that play in there, and I did like that. Um, There were some fun moments in here, like Mercedes doing, uh, like, the... Kind of like a hanging dragon sleeper on Serena. I thought that was really cool. Um, there were some other moments when uh, Mercedes was upside down and Serena Deeb was just like kicking her on her back. I really liked that. Uh, the moment where Serena was on top of Mercedes Martinez's back and she was kind of like balancing her own weight and her own body on top of her while also stretching out her arms. I really liked that spot as well. Um, I did kind of feel bad though because when they kind of did, and I don't know if this was a mic thing or if this was legitimately like a crowd thing, but when they They had that moment where they were both like kicking each other with both of their their feet that was supposed to be like their you know we earlier we saw that slap exchange that was really exactly that was really great and the people were like yeah I didn't feel like this necessarily got that reaction for it I don't think they got the reaction that they had kind of hoped for and so it it kind of lacked a little bit of that pop during that moment there Um, the fire German suplex though that um, from Mercedes to Serena I thought that got like the biggest reaction from the entire match so I did like that um, Serena biting the arms of Mercedes. We saw you know, we saw kind of something similar to that earlier on in the night. So I didn't really get like all you know, it was kind of like a repeat thing to me. Um, the the like the crucifix that Mercedes was attempting. I didn't think that looked very great. Um, Serena locked in the serenity look cool, but we finally get Mercedes to actually win this match. But I just didn't really think that even though there were some decent moments in this I thought as a whole it was still missing something. So that's why I'm 50-50. Like, there was stuff that I liked, but it didn't win me enough. My interest that level did not go up.
3: like 30-70, Denise. Uh, pick a side. Okay, aside. fine. 30-70. <laughs> no,
2: uh, I'm 50-50. 50-50. Yeah, I'm 50-50. I am 50 50 50
3: 50 yeah i am 50 i do not know, because you're okay, good Okay, fine.
2: With, uh, Wait, 70-30 in terms of 70, me not liking it, or 30, me not- Where so
3: are we I at? With I good, bad, So I went good, bad. Based on my th-
2: review of what you heard, how do you think I felt about it?
3: I think you felt more negatively because you had a lot more to say about you were like, okay, There's a couple of things I like, but then here's a novel about what I hate.
2: (laughs) Well, because you were like, well, let me sit down. And so I was like, okay, well now that I said I'm 50, 50, I got to really prove my point as to why I felt 50, 50. I felt Hmm. 50, 50.
3: Okay. Pick a side, Denise. Don't, don't just straddle the middle. I'm all right, scared. you know what ha- you know what happens. To I, I'm
2: scared, Will, because every time I say I don't like something, people are like, "You're the devil."
3: That's when you just mute those. And people. so I'm never scared to
2: show my feelings here. You know.
3: <laughs> okay, I will start off with a couple of notes. One, uh, Serena Deep, not Serena Deep. Mercedes Martinez had new music here. I couldn't really like hear it. Uh, So, I don't know. I'd have to give it a shot on its own uh, to know what the deal was there. As far as the match itself was concerned, uh, I agree with the fact that it seemed like uh, it was struggling to pull the crowd into it. And there was very clearly some things in the match designed to pull the crowd in. It also felt like Serena Deeb had more of the crowd on her side and that has been kind of a recurring theme in aew and i was thinking going into this that serena deep probably should get a victory here mainly because she has come off so much like somebody who can't win it when it matters and thank you
2: also that was going to be part of my 50 50 why i thought serena deep should have won this sorry continue on no
3: and i i felt going into it i thought that you know she was literally just thunder rosa's contender at double or nothing and couldn't win there and uh for all the stuff she talked going into that match about people not respecting her behind the scenes uh and it seemed like there was some truth in the thing she had to say um, as far as her feelings were concerned and so for her to again come up short i keep looking at it like there's no other place for her to come up she's not going to be the one to beat jade because i wouldn't do that if i were booking and she's already had the shot against Thunder Rosa, it doesn't seem like there's another shot for her. So as far as she's concerned, she's just somebody who can't win the big one now. Um, and it doesn't really feel like Mercedes Martinez is really lighting the world on fire. Uh, and I felt that with this crowd, right? It felt like the crowd was really into deep and wanted to see Serena win it, at least those who were into the match. That was another problem in itself that the crowd was really silent. Um, I really enjoyed Serena selling. I thought that the um, the spot where she took the suplex off the uh, the top and and was knocked out uh, but then turned out to be playing possum uh, and I enjoyed that I, I think Serena Deeb is a phenomenal seller and that's one of the things that she almost doesn't get a ton of credit for uh, because she is so good offensively I Enjoyed a lot of the back and forth exchanges. I enjoyed the the submission stuff. You know, the biting was a thing where like, yeah, it happened earlier in the show, but that's also kind of a thing AEW's had a problem with since like day one, where like five matches will have somebody biting in it. And so with this being kind of an AEW show in a lot of the way it felt, I thought, eh, it's just another thing that I've seen for the last three years. Uh I was surprised that Mercedes Martinez got the victory and got such a decisive victory in the process because of the fact that, again, Serena hasn't had that major win. She's, she's won a lot of stuff, uh, but as far as getting that big win, that matters. like She didn't even lose the uh, NWA title on AEW television. Uh, which makes sense but that was the place where she was most present as champion and had her most defenses but then when she it actually came time to lose it she didn't lose it in front of people uh so she didn't even like get to have that end in a way where people actually got to see it or the majority of fans got to see it i don't know i i liked this match for the most part i lean more like 60 40 i guess uh yeah that... you're
2: making me feel bad damn you can't <laughs> yeah i thought you were gonna be like i love this match it was a brilliant and then I'm, all of a sudden you're making me I mean, feel bad I, i'm not
3: a fan of the decision in itself and then also uh the crowd just didn't pick up in the way that certain matches have the ability to pick up a dead crowd and they didn't really have it
2: right exactly also i'm gonna steal your line with uh not lighting the world on fire because i feel like that's a nice way of putting things yeah. so i'm gonna have to steal that line from you will um, all righty so yeah I completely agree with you too. I really do think that Serena Deeb I think at this point especially she's been somebody that you know you kind of already ran down a lot of the work that she has done and you know people are familiar with her and regardless of whether or not you know you're a fan I think that she does have the respect from the crowd as well so I feel like when you think of all of the things that Serena Deeb has right now it kind of it's going against Mercedes Martinez a little bit because you know this is an, this was an opportunity I think for a Mercedes to like win over the crowd and I don't necessarily think that that necessarily happened so it did kind of feel like the wrong decision but let's go ahead and continue on from here because after this we got Samoa Joe and Jay Lethal uh dude I freaking loved this I thought this was entertaining as hell especially because of the way that this match actually got started It like you know we already know the history between Samoa Joe and Jay Lethal and they started it like two guys that legitimately have beef with one another they started it hot and that was immediately instantly um what like you know, gravitated free you, like gravitated me towards it. it. Was like, okay, cool, we're getting started. Let's sit, let's buckle up. We're on this roller coaster and we're going right to it. So, I personally really enjoyed the start of it to the point where I even forgot, like, oh shit, at one point the bell hadn't even rung yet. And it wasn't until commentary said it where I was like, oh yeah, the bell hasn't even run. This hasn't even officially started. Uh, but, but it was because I had gotten so invested immediately into, like, you know, this attack. So, anyways, I, you know, finally we get the match started. Uh, I appreciate, oh well, let me actually go back and rewind a little bit because I do have to mention a uh, Satnam Singh's part where he came out during that brawl between Jay Lethal and Samoa Joe and ended up running Joe's arm uh, with the chair into the post. And so instantly, once the match actually actually kicks off, you know, Jay Lethal kind of has a little bit of the upper hand there. You know, going right after the arm of. Um, Samoa Joe and so immediately after that you just kind of get a really good match I thought that some of my favorite por- portions of this I love that leg lariat that uh, Samoa Joe did I thought that was pretty freaking cool obviously once Jay lethal executed the lethal injection, I think like getting that near fall uh, it, it made me kind of get like a little bit excited So I did like that even though I was definitely rooting for Samoa Joe It still got me like pretty interested during this moment here. Um the distraction With Sanjay Dutt distracting Samoa Joe and then having uh, Jay Letho hit him with the belt. I thought that was like fine because nothing happened after that. You know, Samoa Joe, he kicked out of that. And I liked it because the crowd had a really good reaction to this spot. So I enjoyed that too. Finally, you know, Samoa Joe gets the win. And I got to say, like, for what it was, I thought it was entertaining. Like the way it started. Kept me interested. Enjoyed it all.
3: I am with you on this. Oh, I, I thought you were that... going to say
2: in disagreement. I was like, oof.
3: All right, I'm going to just start starting everything like that with like a facial expression that completely disagrees with what you're going to say. Now, I'm with you on this one because I uh, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about the shenanigans that, uh, you know, this being Ring of Honor, did I really need a whole lot of that? But I appreciated how the match got started uh, with... You know, it got started on the ramp. This was technically the most heated rivalry that this pay per view had going into it. This, like I said, all this stuff started back in uh Super Card of Honor, but even Satnam Singh came into play here at, at the dynamite in New Orleans um, that had the weird ending that everybody hated that I got to drop the scoop on. Fightfulselect.com. Um, but the, of course, yeah, as was pointed out, none of that stuff really mattered before the match. We got to have the, the big moment where uh, Stefan Smith got to eject uh, Satnam Singh, and that's always a big crowd popper. So then we get into the ring, Samoa Joe, at a distinct disadvantage because he's already been beaten up, ambushed before the start of the match. Um, and from there, I thought that this was one of the best showings that Jay Lethal's had. In this is really an AEW show. Like, I know it's Ring of Honor, but, uh, but since signing to AEW, like, this is both these guys are signed to AEW. Uh, and I thought that this was probably one of the best showings he's had so far. And that's not to say that Jay Lethal's even had any bad showings because he really kind of hasn't. Uh, I, I liked his muscle buster attempt uh, because there's a piece of me that's like, there's no way he's actually going to do it. But what if he does? Yeah. And then he didn't. Uh, But I thought for a second that he actually could. uh, And I thought that would actually be kind of funny if he could at least even get him halfway. He couldn't. Uh, I also thought that, you know, on the really real, this is only what Samoa Joe's like fifth match in how many years. Uh, So that was another thing where, I thought Samoa Joe looked really good. I agree. The leg lariat, uh, was, was a cool spot. Um, I bit on the, the title belt shot after Sanjay runs in and, uh, Jay lethal clocks Samoa Joe with the television title, but we got the kick out. We also saw the, he did hit a lethal injection, um, And I went back to that Cody promo back in January where Cody had said that the lethal injection is the one cutter that people don't kick out of. Avoid, avoid, avoid uh, for anybody who remembers that promo. And he hit the lethal injection. Samoa Joe kicked out. And because that was in my head since back in January, I thought that was actually kind of nice to mentally call back to that. And I'm like, somebody kicked out. That's kind of a big deal. Ultimately... Samoa Joe wins. Kikina clutch. Tap out. That's it. Samoa Joe, still your television champion. This feud, hopefully, over. And we move on to something else for both guys.
2: Good stuff all across the board. We didn't get any super chats or humper chats on this one, but don't worry. That's okay. Uh, let's go ahead. And before we move into the main event, I really, really quickly want to go into the uh, lineup for Fight for the Fallen uh, and kind of talk about some of the matches that were announced for this because we got some good stuff. Um, we have the interim AEW World Championship, John Moxley against Rush. Rush. I think that's going to be really awesome. AEW Women's World Championship match, Thunder Rosa uh, against Mi- uh, Miyu Yamashita. FTW Championship match, Ricky Starks against Dan Housen and then Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia. Swerve Strickland versus Mark Sterling and Tony Meese, and with Keith Lee being banned um, from ringside. Uh, thoughts on this match that you're most looking forward to?
3: Um Definitely looking forward most to Thunder Rosa versus Mew Yamashita, um, mainly because that match kicked ass at Summer Sun Princess 22. And uh, to get to see it in front of the AEW audience in, I think they're in Worcester, Massachusetts this week, uh, which is historically, fun fact, it was the arena in which, and it's had a ton of events, but the most historical thing to take place there was Mick Foley's first ever title win in, um, which was actually taped in 98, aired in 99. Uh, it was on a tape delay. But uh, Mick Foley winning the title from The Rock took place in that very building. Uh, and so it'll be nice to see it in front of that crowd. Um, I guess, you know, as, as the resident swerve guy, uh, I am looking forward to seeing my edit of his theme song, Uncut by... Uh, Uh, Keith Lee's entrance because it's aired now twice, but people haven't gotten to hear the entire thing because why would you? That's how their entrance goes. I actually and people referencing in the chat that that'll put butts in the seats i'm hoping tony shivani says it just one time he has to say that'll put butts in the seats or even if i were tony shivani i would oh like when uh excalibur does the whole introduction it's wednesday you know what that means then tony shivani as they're painting across the crowd should say look at all the butts in the seats and that would be how i put that reference in there just because it's important to that building um That said, I'm also looking forward to Moxley versus Roosh, but also I feel like the the Danhausen and uh, Ricky Starks match will probably be a short affair, but I assume this is how Hook comes back into play, which should be fun because we've been wanting to see uh, Ricky Starks versus Hook because... Uh, that FTW title is Hook's birthright, and so for him to finally come in and avenge his friend Dan Housen, but like he's also a member of Team Taz, he has to come into play here. I'm completely, to the show. <laughs>
2: completely agree, yeah, completely agree. All right, let's get into this main event finally. Uh, obviously, the match that people were most talking about in regards to this show, uh, the two out of three falls match. Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships, part two of FTR and the Briscoes. Uh, damn, like, so this was a very, very long match. A lot happened, and we got different portions uh, of a story uh, throughout this entire match. So a lot went down here. Now, I'm not going to go ahead and recap every tiny little thing, but just really quickly, no, I'll I want run you to down recap,
3: like, literally everything, everything. To I'm just going to 40- reenact
2: the yeah, whole entire just- match right now.
3: That's it. we got 43 minutes that uh, Denise is just going to give us a complete right, we'll play by rundown. Here's the,
2: the entrances.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: All right. Uh, let's see what we got. I really quickly, let's just run down through a couple of bullet points. i really quickly. Uh, so the Briscoes did win the first fall with the doomsday device. Okay. Uh, I want to just rough through go through like some of the major points so that we don't get too caught up into every little thing that went down here uh, FTR did win the second fall with the big rig and let's talk a little bit more about what went down during this final portion of this match because during this final portion of this match they had a ref spot where Dax accidentally punches the referee and so during these moments we kind of get two visual pins I'm from FTR and the briscoes and then we get the big moment where FTR did the big rig rig and the briscoes kick out we get a kick out out of this okay then we see the briscoes do the doomsday device we see um I don't want to, I wrote down that uh, Jay and ja- Jay and Dax had like a really awesome interaction, <laughs> but I want to, I'll talk about that later on. I'll talk about that later on. Uh, we ended up seeing cash put a mark through the table, but he nearly missed the table at one point, which it looked like he barely got it. So that was pretty interesting to see from there. Um, and then finally, Dax did the pile driver off the top rope on Jay for the actual win. Now, this is literally just a very, very brief. breakdown (laughs) of what happened in this match because this match how long was the actual like time limit for this one? i mean not the time limit excuse me but how long did it actually go because it didn't hit the 60 minutes but it was nearing that
3: uh let's see i have a window somewhere with it but i think it was around like 43 minutes i don't okay. know when my window went so we'll go All right
2: but that. it was it was a good amount of time as we were trying to get at here oh, and
3: and it, uh, it went oh 43 minutes 25 seconds <laughs> look at that Jesus
2: <laughs> so... <laughs> All
3: right uh, Okay so
2: well I... let's start off with how you felt about this match like overall
3: First off this match had the all-time greatest punch exchange ever Uh, I felt like when Cash Wheeler and I think it was Jay Briscoe um, were throwing those punches at each other. That was some of the most realistic punch exchanging I've ever seen in a pro wrestling ring. Um, And I love that. That stuff looked absolutely great. Um, Again, storytelling here. Going back to the promo that the briscoes did with ftr uh that aired on youtube and we've seen highlights and clips up but one of the things that was the goal for the briscoes in this match was that they didn't just want to win they wanted to win two straight and so uh and they had been establishing that they were going to sweep them they weren't interested in this match going to three and so when they got that initial pinfall off the doomsday device it was like they could pull this off now of course if you've been watching pro wrestling long enough, you know that they weren't going to, but I like the story of the idea that now FTR has to work from behind, but in the process of working from behind FTR did exactly what the Briscoes said they were going to do, which was win two straight. So then not only did the Briscoes lose, but they lost back to back in the way that they said they were going to do it to FTR. So I also liked that little story, that little side thing uh, that they got their comeuppance there Um, so much violence in this match uh cash wheeler or no cash wheeler dax hardwood um bleeding from the chest by the way that sign in the crowd that said dax's mustache gives me hardwood was uh no
2: no <laughs> yes. i didn't see that one because i saw the one about the white claws somebody asking tk to have white claws and then there was the one about vince uh vince uh day one uh without oh, yeah, day vince. One, something DV, like av yeah. av or something uh-huh. after, after vince, vince. yeah yeah yeah, AV, yeah yeah there you go
3: uh, but yeah, this was so the the bleeding from the chest for, of uh, Dax Harwood, um, just kind of showing the intensity of the exchanges. Uh, but then Cash Wheeler also getting busted open. But then the Briscoes also bleeding. But it was all very intentional um, blood that could have all come hard way. And then of course uh, our referee Paul Turner. Also gets busted open. This was a match where everybody bled. And uh, I don't give a shit what anybody says. I've been watching wrestling my entire life. I'm 34 years old. God damn it. Blood, is, blood makes wrestling better. And that is just something that you will never convince me otherwise. Because of real fights, people fucking bleed. And in this match, I saw people um, fighting. I saw them fighting like hell. And I saw them bleeding in the process of it. That, to me is pro wrestling this well, match was pro wrestling go ahead sorry what to you cut you out? off
2: but i literally thought you were about to be the i thought you were about to do the i'm a man i'm 40 <laughs> yeah. when you were like i'm 35 I was like, bro, he's about to go off and be like i'm a man i'm 40
3: <laughs> but i'll say this i had fun with this i had a lot of fun with it did I have as much fun as the first match? I don't know because I was there in person and screaming my head off and then the Young Bucks came out after it. I was like, oh my God, it's the Young Bucks. But uh, in this particular case, I still had a, a hoot watching it from my couch. Uh, I There were some really believable near falls. Um, as you mentioned, both teams visibly got the victory with Paul Turner out, right? And the first one to get the victory was actually the Briscoes, right? The Briscoes actually did have a visible pinfall on Dax Harwood. It was a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. The fans saw it. They knew. And same with uh and then FTR got a visible victory. And uh yeah, we had the kick out after the big rig. But ultimately, I thought the finish was brilliant. I could have seen the internet exploding over the idea, especially people who are already kind of anti-AEW, anti-this type of wrestling, would have exploded off of the idea of somebody kicking out after a pile driver off the second rope. And the fact that Dax hit it and got the pin, and so undecisively, in the way that he hit it, and then uh, just kind of like with... The best effort he could rolls him over and pins him with literally just his shins on his shoulder. Great stuff. Great storytelling. Great action. Great professional wrestling. Uh, I can't believe I've gone as long as I've gone having never seen FTR versus the Briscoes until this year. And now I've gotten to see it twice in 2022. And it ruled both times. Two out of three falls. I had a lot of fun with this. This was an A plus
2: match. It was definitely a lot of fun, and I think all of the moments that you mentioned, that I mentioned, just kind of added to a lot of what, just like everything that went down during this was really, really cool. I think that they, I think that they gave the people what they wanted in the sense that they wanted a good, lengthy match that involved you know just a bunch of different stuff incorporated into it and you know in the beginning like you can tell right away obviously they're going to go long this is a two out of three falls you can tell in the way that they were pacing themselves and then as we continued on you kept seeing that like a continue on right and so I completely agree with you I thought that a lot of the stuff that they did here was fun but let's talk about um Let's talk about the post-match stuff, too, because afterwards, you know, FTR, uh, they did their, you know, little promo where they, you know, invited the Briscoes into the ring. They had, uh, you know, Dax was, you know, saying, like, motherfucker, I love pro wrestling. Call me a mark, this and that, I don't care. And it was just a lot of that. And then afterwards, we ended up seeing uh, Claudio and Wheeler and Regal coming down and staring off, uh, staring down FTR. Uh, So thoughts on what you thought about the closing and then also, like, Uh, Just how you felt, like, were you surprised that, like, not surprised, but rather, like, what's the direction that you think that they're going to go in with the Briscoes next?
3: I, okay. With the Briscoes, I don't know. Um what other tag teams are there in Ring of Honor? Uh, so it's hard to do? say right now. It's really
2: hard to yeah. say.
3: <laughs> so I don't know. Uh,
2: but I feel like there's plenty of options, though. Like, there's plenty of, op- like, directions, because, again, we still, there's so much we don't know about Ring of Honor. We don't have any weekly TV. We don't know anything yet. So I, I feel know, like, like, I'm like given I that, that gives you plenty bonds? of directions. Like, I
3: don't know. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> so I have zero clue what you do with the Briscoes from here. Uh, but hopefully some great stuff. I mean, I would love to <laughs> yeah, see some them horrible
2: face- stuff. Some no, horrible I mean, stuff. I would
3: love to see them face the Young Bucks again, but I've seen that a thousand times. But also, I, would, <laughs> I could not complain about seeing that one again. Uh, as far as who actually ended up coming out, which was the Blackpool Combat Club, we saw Wheeler Yuta and uh, and Claudio Castagnoli the ROH Pure Champion and the ROH World Champion come out and stare down with the ROH World Tag Team Champions. And my first thought was, God, is Brian going to get any gold? He's literally now the only member of the Blackpool Combat Club without a belt. Which hopefully plays into a story because he's also the only one of the Blackpool Combat Club that enters through the heel tunnel. Will he start to feel a certain way about not having... uh, What was that eye roll there? That Um... was just me going, (laughs) Mm mm-hmm. Okay. that's
2: interesting i was doing the eyeball emoji
3: ah uh, okay oh so yeah I, I was just... doing the
2: eyeball Oh, you thought i was rolling my eyes at you no yeah, i was doing I was... The, the like the ooze like you know eyeball emoji moving okay. them to the it's... side
3: okay fine. and i rolls uh...
2: like this will you see the okay, difference now
3: now i know a better denise eye you see roll this is it.
2: like the, mm, the emoji and then this one's like Hold on. Oh my god, my eyes are going crazy now.
3: Chat, tell me if I was wrong in reading That
2: was not an eye roll. That was a side glance for the eye, and then this is an eye roll. Yes. That's an eye roll.
3: Okay, fair. It's
2: a full turn.
3: That said, uh, the... i i so i wonder about that i wonder what's brian gonna do what's he got to say about the fact that everybody in the blackpool combat Club's got gold but him now uh when he returns this wednesday uh i think I'm he's hoping, gonna be jolly i hope so that would make for a fun story um will he want one of their titles because what else can he go after but yeah the fact that they uh and yeah say people are saying it was a side eye <laughs> um, yeah the there chat. you go
2: that was the little side eye emoji
3: yeah i don't know uh
2: the... <laughs> why would i oh, yeah, roll my eyes a... at you will
3: <laughs> i don't know that's why i'm asking <laughs> uh so uh and they're saying in the chat they're like maybe the tnt title i could now i'm see doing that. the
2: Undertaker. <laughs> Are they even going back? Are they going back all the way? Wait.
3: Not, not quite. Nope. Wait, no. I can't do it. No, I used to be able to do it when I was a kid. It was more. I like can't a... do it. <laughs> I yeah. think I. Um, Wait, do it again. Hold on, let me see. Is it working? I can kind
2: of, I can, can kind of see. see it. Yeah, yeah. You're okay. Now you lost it. You had Ow. it there for a Ow. second. It
3: hurts. Um, yeah, I'm so... like. <laughs> Is <laughs> it like... working? Doing that'll give I was me a headache. Just closing for like
2: half an hour.
3: eyelid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody's throwing out championships. Brian could win um i don't know but and i mean uh,
2: technically this was all his idea brian when he was uh, like we all need to be you know trying to i forgot what the hell he said in that promo but this was really all his idea now he screwed himself
3: exactly he's the only one who doesn't have gold uh and he could go after any one of their titles the pure title the aew world championship uh i don't know i'm really looking forward to seeing brian back and i'm really glad that he made that announcement today at comic-con and then they showed the graphic for brian danielson versus wheeler huda this fucking wednesday let's fucking go baby uh so i
2: i know what you're doing there i know what you're doing there
3: (laughs) so i'm just i'm i'm happy
2: All right, well, let's get in some of these uh, Humper Chats and Super Chats and all your chats. Uh, This one is from Matt J. Hendricks, who says, Not often does the same match of the year happen twice in one year, but FTR versus Briscoes were able to do just that. Really high praise there for Matt. Thank you so much to Matt for sending this in. Uh, this is from Syrian X who says FTR versus Briscoes was a banger. This is the type of match I would have. Uh, I would show a non wrestling fan to show why I love pro wrestling. Glad that ROH still exists. Is this a match that you would show a non wrestling fan? Curious because I don't think. I don't think I would. I think it's a little too like serious. I would think I would show something a little bit more. Um, more like. Uh, What's would your a what is
3: your go-to I'm curious I don't
2: have one I've never had the opportunity to show a friend wrestling like I've never had that opportunity like there's never been a friend that I had that didn't watch wrestling and that I had the opportunity to show them something never ever ever
3: oh man you've n-
2: you've <laughs> had those opportunities
3: I did a podcast about that. Go to my YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash Wrestling with Will, and I had a podcast. And a couple of them got taken down, but the first episode is is really great. Uh, it was me and my dear friend Carolina, my best friend in the world. Um, and she sat sits down and watches Cody versus Dustin with me. Uh, and she's she doesn't watch any wrestling. And I did a whole podcast where I bring people. In my life, that oh, you told me about that actually. Now I remember. Okay, and I show them pro wrestling for the first time and get their opinions and thoughts on it. Okay, but that's different.
2: You had a podcast. I've never done that with like in real life.
3: Well, the reason I did it was because it's kind of a real life thing for me. Of like, I don't know. I feel like if anybody even hints at me the slightest interest in pro wrestling, I'm like. All right, let's go. What would be your go-to though? If somebody oh, is I don't life even know. And honestly, you, I
2: would show them something fun, like a Royal Rumble, you know, I would show them something like that. I would show them some sort of like, you know, a ladder match or something. Like I would go like or I would go the lucha well, direction too. I would show them like the, a lucha master lucha match or something. Like I would go in a direction where um just a lot of like fast-paced action, you know? Something fun, something fun. I feel like this, like FTR Briscoes, I feel it's a little too like, I don't want to say serious, but it's a little bit more like for for like people like us, you know? (laughs)
1: So I, I like. I, I don't disagree.
2: think my mom would enjoy this, you know. My mom went and watched FTR versus the Briscoes. She'd be like, "Oh, you know what? My mom did see GCW, and she was like terrified by GCW? it." GCW, yes, she did, saw it because I was, got... her, I was showing her. I was showing her the spot that I did with Sean, and so we watched a little bit of GCW, and she wanted to see me ring announcing because she'd never seen me. So she did watch a little bit of GCW. She actually watched Tony Deppen and Thunder Rosa wrestling together, and my mom had never seen like. You know intergender wrestling so she was just like oh my god like every time tony devon did something to to thunder rosa she would just have like the oh my god like oh my god that's horrible you know like reaction and i was like Haha, this is i was like no mom this is great and i had to like explain to her what you know my opinions obviously everyone has different opinions about intergender wrestling but i gave her my version of it she was like the whole time she was just terrified
3: so my go-to thing Not so much match. I have a couple of matches that I like to show people. Um, But for me, what I feel like the the biggest way I can hook somebody with pro wrestling is, is my, I always go to the thought of, if I go too much to an extreme, like I go with the Royal Rumble, right? You're only going to get a Royal Rumble once a year. So I can't give somebody something that they're only going to see once a year if my goal is to hook them. So I want to give them the best of the type of wrestling you could possibly see on any given night. Um, and so to me, this is that type of match, right? That like, um, are you going to get Briscoes and FTR every night? No, but, um, are you going to get tag matches every night? Yes. And so I want to give them the best of a regular type of match. I felt like, so like my mother-in-law moved in with us four or five months ago. And on occasion she catches matches just because I watch a lot of wrestling because I have to cover a lot of wrestling. So she, she'll walk in the room and see what I'm watching. I feel like this is the type of match that I could have hooked her on simply because it's hard hitting. You didn't need to know much about the wrestlers. That's the other thing too, is it needs to be a match where you don't need to know much about who's in it. Um, my go-to, I've shown a number of You don't of think people. it's too
2: long showing a non-wrestling fan a 45 minute match?
3: I think it is- Bro, I'd be
2: sitting there like, nah, I'm out. I don't know what you're I, like. If anybody sat like... me down to teach me 45 minutes of the thing that they're interested in that I'm not interested in, I'd be like, peace, sayonara.
3: I Teato. think that pro wrestling, I think it's a hangup that just wrestling fans have because like, uh, when I look at, look at ratings, for example, right? Like there's this idea that people in pro wrestling say all the time, like, Oh, you can't have long matches cause they'll lose viewership. But like, then you look at actual TV ratings and that's never the case. Brian Danielson and, um, and Hangman Adam Page going an hour increased the more people were watching it. Because the longer the match goes, the more people get into it and get more intrigued. And sometimes the best things that can happen, and somebody in the chat just noted, TV shows are 45 minutes. Like, if you, if you can hook somebody and don't lose them, and make them lose track of time to where they look up and go oh man 45 minutes of my life just went by and I didn't even realize it then you've won them over and I did that with Kenny and Hangman versus the Young Bucks I have had I have been able to hook people with that match and all I gave them was the video package before the match the entrances and the match nothing else they got it and it, that's the best are they still resume. fans uh, they ask me questions uh, all the time. But they'll do be, they like, watch? They'll message. They'll message. They don't have cable. Like that's yeah. the thing is, like it's really. Hard I can't to hook picture
2: people. it. Like I'm picturing the people in my life, oh my friends. No, I can't picture them sitting down watching a 45 minute wrestling. It's match. hard to look no like
3: modern people now because like the average person just doesn't. Yeah, like cable no. These days. Um, but because another one I like to use is the Triple Threat: Brock, Seth Rollins, and John Cena is another match that is just. So kind of like emotionally, like get you on the edge of your seat. And it features guys besides John Cena that you could see today. So I don't know. I like doing that kind of stuff. I love talking to non-wrestling fans about pro wrestling. If they're interested, if they're like, if I am at least good enough at reading people to be like, don't talk to this person about this. They don't fucking care. But if they have the slightest interest, oh man, that's you will be hooked by me and you're going to be you're stuck like those crazy to people
2: that just start talking about things that you don't want to talk about. And you're just like, shut up. Not interested.
3: Oh yeah. Uh, you have to be able to read people's facial expressions. If you cannot <laughs> yeah. read that somebody's literally not interested in this thing you have to talk about. Don't do it.
2: Exactly. All right. Let's go ahead and get these super chats in or these humper chats. This one is from it's Isaiah who says uh, BCC versus FTR winner. Take all question. Mark. Wow.
3: Uh, I Possibilities. Hope I hope not, because I don't want to see uh, FTR lose the ROH tag titles, but also which one gets the world title and which one gets the pure title. Can't and also, fight. how do you defend a pure title without pure rules? now you can't do it. Uh, there's no way that works.
2: Jesus Garcia says, Paul Turner, bleeding for the business tonight. FTR and the Briscoes can fight every week, and I would watch it every week. Thank you so much, Jesus, for that comment. And then we got a. Uh, Brent Lockman, who says, I was in the building for TakeOver Toronto. Seeing them call back to that moment with DIY was so awesome. Yeah, that was another thing, too. Uh, So thank you so much for bringing that up as well. Thank you to Brent. And we have another one from Kai, who says, this match was rough and stiff, hard-hitting shit. I appreciate the rhyming, by the way. Uh, thank you to Kai for sending that in, too. And, um, all right, let me make sure that we got all of these Super Chats. We got a couple more from uh, earlier on, and then we're going to go ahead and wrap up this show. Um, all right, so this is last call, everybody, to get your Chats, your your Super Chats, your Humper Chats, whatever you want to go ahead and send in. This is the last chance for that. Um, all right, this is from Ryan Lambert, who says, Took my new girlfriend to uh, Forbidden Door. She was hooked into all of it. I think that's a pretty uh, good one. Actually, to take people to like a long, like not like a long pay per view, but I feel like the AEW sh- what, what show was it might have been Revolution. Damn, I forgot what show it was that my fiance took his nephew to, and it was like the show where he really got to see a little bit of like everything that AEW has to offer. It might have been Revolution.
3: Well, i Forbid Door, I told this story, and somebody brought it up in the chat and wanted me to bring it up, but uh, there was the security guard I sat by the whole show. Who had never seen wrestling before and had no idea what he was like even at. But he, but because he had to face the crowd the majority of the time, he was like using his phone and like selfieing to like watch it over his shoulder. And, uh, but the thing he was like, most taken by and i was enjoying watching him was him just looking at the facial expressions on the crowd and him asking me questions like oh who's that guy oh who's this guy and oh, i would have uh, been so annoyed i would have been <laughs> like
2: look you either watch the program i'm gonna answer everything for you <laughs> no,
3: i was having fun with him because he saw everybody screaming for okada oh and see you like,
2: have patience will i would have been and, so irritated
3: uh, i was like yeah uh, this this is cool i was actually uh, really enthused because he thought it was like a touring thing he was he was like so how many of these uh like Japanese events have they done with the, the Japanese and the would you say it was AEW and uh, I said this is the one you're at the one guy and he's like oh really this isn't like a tour this is crazy and uh I was just it was great I had so much fun sitting next to this guy he's actually the guy who phoned in the call to get those people ejected who were uh the, oh, so the that's ones
2: how- that were the ones that were starting the drama when i texted okay. you about that yeah I yeah knew
3: because i was sitting right next to him as he like phones it in and uh so i or he radios it in that's the term i was looking for so uh, all right little insight into my forbidden door stay anyway what else we got
2: all right, we got a couple bit here. This is from uh, Jeff Housen, who says, JD Drake on a cruise is exactly how I imagined the perfect vacation. I'd need to s- smuggle some spotted cow on board, though, like it's shown here. Thank you to Jeff Housen. And then we have this one from Brent, who says, uh, this one has... Uh, hold on oh this one has not been read sorry this is a note from Luis. i think he says or i don't know okay brent says seeing claudio at the at the end there made me think we were about to see the return of the kings of wrestling and all would be right in the world thank you to Uh brent for also sending that one in and sorry i got this one in late
3: yeah i I don't know if that ever happens but um that would be great but uh i i think claudio's pretty happy where he is in blackpool combat club
2: now, this one's a little bit long here. <laughs> Apparently, Tony Khan name-dropped Jeremy Lambert on the scrum is what I'm getting here. <laughs> that happened in the scrum today. <laughs> oh, All right, um, here we cool. go. Let's get this one in. This one is from Van Twinblade, who says, uh, Yo, Will, after I sent in my Grapsity chat, we got some bad news due to a mix of scheduling uh, Mo Athletics Buckery, travel issues, and COVID changes were made. Davey Richards, Rohit Raju, Brooke Valentine, Laney Luck, Matt Fitchett, August Matthews are out. New change names, GPA uh, versus Ethan Price, Heather Reckless versus Jody Threat, The Hustler and the Muscle V Grindhouse versus Technical Difficulties, Jay Marston versus Kenny Alfonso, Raju V Richards will be rescheduled. So I'm assuming you know what this is all about.
3: Of course I do. It's always... Okay. Van Twinblade, giving his Glory Pro updates every single podcast, uh, and it's great. Thank you, Van Twinblade.
2: All righty, and last but not least, here we go. Uh, This is from Marie Ren, who sends in a humper chat, saying, love to both Fightful teams tonight. I love wrestling. Thank you, Tony Khan. This is what I remember, sparking my love of wrestling. Thank you so much, and I think that is the perfect way uh, to wrap up this show, but before we go, we'll take the floor, let the people know where they can find you.
3: Uh, that's right. You can find me, uh, where can you find me? Let's see. We can start with Grapsody. That's a show I do every Saturday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, and that is, uh, right here at youtube.com slash fightful. You can also find me on beyond the bells I host that show every other week for women's wrestling army. And that can be found. Uh, W wrestling army is the YouTube account. Um, and not YouTube account. That's the Twitter account. Uh, And again, I host that show every week. I interviewed Maria Canellis this past week, uh, so we got to get some cool updates on what's next for Women's Wrestling Army. And, of course, I host Day After Dynamite every Thursday at the time keeps changing. Basically, I guess it's when I feel like hosting it. Uh, But Day After Dynamite typically airs somewhere between 3 p.m. and 4 p.m. Eastern every Thursday. uh, YouTube.com slash Fightful
2: Final super chat from Steve Romero who says, listening to Tony on the scrum, I just came back here to say thank God Tony bought bought ring of honor.
3: I am going to check out the scrum here pretty much as soon as we're done.
2: All righty. And you guys know where to find me. YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. F4W online Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. Thank you guys so much for watching. Please give this video a like. Subscribe to Fightful Wrestling. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye, everyone.